What's up, everybody? It's the Locked on Sabres podcast, episode number 78. Joe DiBiase from WGR Sports Radio 550. And Jordan Hanskin from the Meadville Tribune. Uh, 78, wow. 78. You're the uh, big uh, century mark. We're we're getting there. Do you know any Sabres that wore the number 78? I have one that comes to mind. No. uh, All I know is uh, Bruce Smith for the Bills. (laughs) Um. Right, that's correct. Uh, Corey Trop is the only Buffalo Sabre. <laughs> nice. Yeah. 2012 to 2014. That guy, what happened to that guy? He was pretty good, wasn't he? I remember they lost him on waivers, and I was not very happy about it. No, no, yeah, he was he was fine, serviceable. I feel like he, he stuck around in Columbus for a little bit there, too. He played two seasons in Columbus, and that's pretty much it for him. He played a game yeah. in Anaheim, uh, and that was it. I'm wondering, that's got to be one of those guys that still plays, uh, like maybe in the AHL or over in Europe. Yeah, he plays for the San Diego Gulls in the <laughs> AHL. 20 goals last year. He's only a one this year, though. Um, he uh, Will he be at 2010's night? He was a player from this last decade. Uh, no, the Gulls, they got their playoff push to worry about. <laughs> Um, so the Sabres play the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight, and these games are less and less important for the Sabres. 66 points now. What's funny is this is where they're at. Like they're they were at one point thinking about we were thinking about Toronto in the standings. You can start thinking about New Jersey in the standings if you want. The Devils behind you are two points away from the Sabres. That's how bad it's gotten. Where the New Jersey Devils, who have been out of the playoff race since like November, are uh, are threatening the Sabres. Um, at least when they're coming up from behind in the standings. I, hey man, like if you, I don't want to do it every year, but I'm probably not going to do it until later on in the season. That's kind of what happened for me in this regard last year, but. If you start playing meaningless games down the stretch and I'm looking and seeing, oh, Anaheim is four points back of you and San Jose is four points back of you and you're tied with Chicago and, oh, I could actually finish fourth from the bottom or third from the yeah fourth from the bottom in the league. I'm like, just sign me up because I don't know if anything could possibly give me as much hope right now or anything gives me as much hope as if they actually won another lottery. <laughs> no, yeah, I think that. Like I said, uh, I think the last time we talked about the tank was, uh, you know, um, well, we did the trivia it, on uh, it, the feels, next game it, it like it, it logically makes sense, right? Like it, it as a smart person, you would say yes, that's the right way to think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but emotionally, I totally get why people don't want to don't want to go through that anymore. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I would be super cool with uh, what's that guy's name? He has a cool, uh, he's cool French name. Uh, Alexi- oh, Lafreniere. Lafreniere, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be that would be sweet. I'm all in for that. I mean, I can't get enough of uh, Rick Jenneret uh, saying like French people's names. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's right. And the uh, yeah, like because again, actually, this this came up yesterday on Show the Bulldog was the, the, Mike asked the question, like, what gives you hope? like right now about the Sabres. And there was just like 10 seconds of silence because it's not really anything going on with the team right now. And it's not really the GM or like what you've got in place structurally. And it's not even like the prospect pool. Like you could go around the prospect pool and think like who actually gives you a lot of hope that could come in here and turn things around. Like there's a guy or two, like Dylan Cousins, I think rates for this. Uh, I think middle stats still does to some extent, but 
you've got a lot of guys where I think like you'd be surprised if they really ended up giving you anything like Tage Thompson, like he could give you something, but I'm not counting on him to do it. Uh, Rasmus Asplund could come up and be something for you, but I'm not really counting on him, him, him to do that. Will Borgen, same thing. Um, maybe the goalie Luke Luka Luka is this, but there's not even like a pipeline of young players that are developing right now in Rochester that you could say, Oh, they're like, they're, they're, they're right there. There's not even a Victor Olofsson who we heard about in Sweden. And then in Rochester, like, Oh, you got to see this shot. You can't wait till this guy gets here. Cause he's going to score goals for you. Like there isn't even really that guy on the way up other than Dylan cousins. And I just don't think that's enough to make like the pipeline to make the prospect pool. What, what should be uh, fans being hopeful about. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is definitely concerning. Um, you know, cousins I've heard like, you know, you follow Chris Baker and like you get, yeah. you know, the occasional updates and uh, cousins is the name that keeps popping up over and over again. Like the cousins did something great today. Some cousin did uh, check mm. out this movie made uh, it during this game. Um, mm. But, like, yeah, you don't really hear much from the other guys. Occasionally you'll hear something crazy happened out of, like, Sweden or something. But a guy that's playing in Sweden still, he's probably a long ways away. Right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Marcus so, Davidson uh, yeah. maybe is the name for that. He right. was a second-round yeah. pick. But, like, yeah, again, all right, great. See you in three years. Yeah, um, so that that's yeah. definitely concerning. Uh, that means that's, once again, on Botterill, you know, he's not – building the pool as well as you know maybe he's even said that he's been building it uh yeah yeah, so it's just a lot of concern there yeah that's right cousins by the way uh yeah that's right he's had a much better season and when he was drafted i remember the talk and some maybe even some frustration being oh they drafted a guy that doesn't really have that highest ceiling offensively last year he had 84 points in 68 games which is very good but was that like number one center number two center worthy um, when he's playing in the whl putting up those numbers but he's seen a big jump in his offensive ability this year so he had 84 points in 68 games last year in lethbridge this year he's already at 81 points in 49 games so he might be ready for a jump next year maybe not into the second line center role of course but uh he, he i think he outplayed middle stat in training camp and i thought it was stupid they didn't give him the nine games at the beginning of the year so i hope that they do at least that uh next year for dylan cousins um tonight's opponent the pittsburgh penguins they are struggling to say the least they had lost six in a row then they won their last game so they've only won one of their last seven so they have actually seeded the second spot in the Metropolitan Division to the Philadelphia Flyers, who, by the way, have won seven in a row. And Carter Hart is playing like a Vesna-level goaltender right now for the Flyers. He's the best home record in the NHL. And Philly now not only has passed Pittsburgh, Philly's one point back of Washington for the first seed in the Metro. And that could be, for tonight's Sabres opponent, the Penguins, this is setting up almost like it's almost disastrous for the Penguins because not only will you not have home ice in the first round because Philly's passed you, if Philly passes Washington, the Penguins are going to have to play Ovechkin in the Capitals in round one. And the way Washington has played this season, like I think I'd be projecting right now if that happens, Pittsburgh to fall out in the first round. They, they need to win these games, not just to avoid – uh, not having home ice to Philly, but like they, they to me, they got to be playing to avoid playing the Capitals in round one. Yeah, um, I I don't think they're at the point yet where they should be in panic mode about like missing the playoffs or anything. No, like, yeah, they have a Columbus, they have a Columbus has played like so many yeah. games, 
and just looking at the numbers here and like, yep. yeah, they have a seven point lead on Carolina in right. spite of the two games in hand. But uh, yeah, I mean, they bowed out. They got, they got swept by the Islanders last year. Yeah. Like they're kind of wasting, you know, these are the end. These are like the end times they're with uh, Crosby and Malkin, you know, they're, they're old now. So like you only have a few more years before they start to dip. I know they're like exceptional players, like first ballot Hall of Fame players, but sure. I mean, they're <laughs> at some point they are going to drop off a little bit, and uh, yeah, <laughs> you don't have many years left, and you got to make your route as easy as possible. Uh, so avoiding Washington would probably be in their best interest. Yeah, I, I agree with that, and yeah, you're right. Like they kind of. Interesting. Like this is how I thought about I thought about Chicago for a really long time, and I thought Pittsburgh would have a similar fate, but they've kind of extended their window, I think, beyond what Chicago's was. Because once Taze and Kane hit age thirty, and Kane really didn't see a drop in play, but Taze did, and then Duncan Keith saw a drop in play, and Corey Crawford saw a drop in play, and Brent Seabrook can't even put on the ice anymore. Like, and a lot of those guys got bad contracts. Chicago was just unable to really supplement those guys with a good young core of players to extend their window. Now, I'm not sure Pittsburgh has done quite that. I think they've done a better job, like adding guys like Jake Gensel in there. And I think Crosby and Malkin, just honestly and frankly, being better players than Taze and Kane, have been able to sustain their level of play for a longer period of time. That's why they're sitting where they're sitting. But if I were going to compare them to another team, which would be the team that they could end up playing in the first round and that I would pick to beat them in the Capitals. What's the difference between what Pittsburgh has done in the, in the early uh, 30s, early age 30s for Malkin and Crosby compared to what the Capitals have done with Alex Ovechkin? The Capitals have put great to elite young talent around Alex Ovechkin and Nicholas Backstrom. I should probably include here too, because he's in his early thirties as well. You've got, you know, Evgeny Kuznetsov, who is another number one center in the picture. John Carlson, who is now a Norris candidate, who I think actually is even the Norris favorite right now uh, in the league, a, a great young goaltender in Ilya Samsonov, who will snow for me, no doubt take over the net from Braden Holpe at some point this season. I mean, he's kind of already doing it. I think he should start game one of the playoffs. He's only 22 years old. He's playing amazing. Um, even like Jacob Vrana, who's only 23 years old. He's got 51 points already this year in 66 games. Tom Wilson for as much of a goon. He seems to be when he's running around the ice, he's got 43 points in 65 games and Pittsburgh just doesn't have that depth of young offensive talent to me that that would make them as much of a contender once their star players are in their 30s as much as the Capitals are. And that's why I think I'd pick Washington to beat them in a series. Now, does it mean that Pittsburgh can't win a Stanley Cup? I don't think I'd do that. Like if I were going to go up and down the, the standings right now in the East and pick out right, which teams would I be, which teams would I pick that are capable of winning a cup? I, I think I'd put Pittsburgh in that territory. Mm, yeah. Uh yeah. I think it's so, gonna be them, Washington, Boston, Tampa. And I think I'd still put Toronto in there, although that I'm struggling. I'm kinda considering not doing that. Yeah, I I would probably go with just like the, the top four. I think I would leave Toronto out because Toronto's has never proven to be able to do anything close. And they'll also have to go Tampa yeah. then Boston in the playoffs. Right, right. It's just it's just a long haul for them. Um 
Yeah. Yeah, like I, I think what you said about Washington is right. And you can't you also have to remember like the, the trades that they made, like the the moves to get even more talent around them where they got TJ Oshi. You know, yep. Lars Eller is not a super great player, but he's a serviceable, you know, depth guy. Right. They, they, where they just get a lot of good talent. Yeah. Where where are the Sabres doing stuff like that? <laughs> right. <laughs> like that, that makes me go back to the Sabres where it's like, you know who you know who the Sabres could use? Lars Eller. Like, well, guy like that. I, I'll give them some credit. I think they may have gotten that guy from the Penguins. Like I, I don't know how much you've been like locking in on Dominic Cahoon in these first two games, but again, I'm at a we're at a point where I'm not really watching for uh for what the team's doing as much more than what are specific individuals doing on this team right now over the course of the rest of the season. And Cahoon's a guy I've locked in on in the past couple of games. I like him a lot. And he's not, again, going to be like a top-line player, but maybe he's your Lars Eller. Maybe he's that middle six forward that can produce for you. The problem is, and I, I think this maybe goes with your point, the problem is you need like four of those guys, and he right. might be the only one you've got. Yeah, yeah. They they need like they they need a clone. They need, where's their, yeah, they, they maybe have a an Eller, but where is their you know Patrick Hornquist? Where right. is their where is their Tom Wilson? Where is their Carl Haglin? Where's their TJ Oshie? Like, yeah, I don't know if they have any of those pieces. Yeah, this is exhausting because we've been I've been wanting to I've been doing this I've been doing this. Let's let's take a team. Make them the model, and then try to fill in Sabres players that could fill all those roles. And I've been doing that since the tank year, so um, it's exhausting. Well, I can't, wa- I can't do it anymore. Washington, Washington's really a model. I just don't think you can completely just recreate because yeah. Washington has the best one-two center punch in the league. Maybe. Well, I mean, Pittsburgh's got Malkin and Crosby, so there are teams that are up there, but. Like when you have a one-two punch of Kuznetsov and Nicholas Backstrom, who would both be number one centers on any other team in the league, or a lot of other teams in the league, like that's why we talk so much about second line center. But I don't know you can recreate it to that level. Like even if I've been talking about Mikel Granlund as of late, like I would love to see the Sabers go get him in the off season. It's the second line center, formerly of the Wild, now playing for the Nashville Predators, and like he's good. Like he's a very good player. Like he'll give you twenty twenty five goals and fifty points on a regular basis for the most part. But that's not Nicholas Backstrom. That's not Evgeny Kuznetsov. These are elite centermen, and. Unless Middlestad or, like we mentioned, Cousins earlier become that for you behind Jack Eichel. You, like, that's just a model, really, in both of these teams that you just can't really follow. And that's, to me, why it was always so frustrating you traded O'Reilly, because you kind of had that. that. Yeah, like, totally. I think that I still, like, understand, like, moving O'Reilly, but, like, the value well, this, that you got back isn't the value that you got back is like pennies right. on the dollar. That's right. the part. That's the part that that takes the cake for me. Is like like O'Reilly. Yeah, like in hindsight, yeah, you want to keep him because like he was he's a great player. Like there's no doubt about it. He's a great player. He's a Con Smythe winning player. Um, but like if you traded him and you got the haul that you deserved for Ryan O'Reilly, mm-hmm. like the Sabers might be so much better now. You, you, they, like it, it, it could have it could have worked. Had they gotten the value that that you should get for Ryan right. O'Reilly? Well, even like if they would have gotten the Blues' top prospect instead of their fourth or third or fourth best prospect, right. H. Thompson, which at the time was Robert Thomas, who we were all talking about being on the table and maybe being a guy that they were going to get. Like Thomas is really developing nicely as a as a good young player 
for the Blues. I'm going to pull up his stats real quick, but I know he's been having a really nice season for them. Um, yeah, he is sitting at, at 40 points in 62 games. So he's on pace for, what, 55 points on the season? If Instead of having a guy in Tage Thompson who couldn't even crack the league this year, you put in a 50-point winger on your second line. Well, now I think we're talking. Like now, now we're talking about yeah. something that could help you. So I think that might be right. And I think honestly, if you had just wrote out, wrote it out with O'Reilly, but like what you kind of have, by the way, with Ristolainen, because Ristolainen asked for a trade in the summer, or at least it was out there in a Finnish newspaper that he did that and that he wanted a trade. And you've wrote it out with Ristolainen, and maybe that's not smart, but you've done it. And he's actually maybe had his best season as a Saber. If you had done the same thing with O'Reilly and just said, "I know you're you're not happy, but we we got to keep going with you, man. We can't trade you." And they didn't do it. Like, would they be a playoff team this year with Ryan O'Reilly on their team? Because I think there's an argument to be made that they would be. Yeah, I think that there's definitely a case for that. Like, um, I, I'm still taking the L on the trade for sure because, oh, sure. like, I I wanted it, and like, I I know that like it was a it was a big mistake to do that. But like, I when I originally wanted the trade, I thought we were going to get a haul for a really good player because I know that like I just wanted like you know. You get a really good player out of here. You change his scenery and you get a ton of stuff back. Like most teams get when they trade, you know, all-star talent. And for some reason, the Sabres are like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to trade him for uh, maybe, maybe prospect and, you know, two uh, cap dumps. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Just a disaster. I'm actually I'm gonna put that up on the poll. So if you guys want to vote uh, at Locked On Sabers, would the Sabers be a playoff team this year with Ryan O'Reilly, or had they not traded Ryan O'Reilly? Because I again, uh, I think there's a case. I would say they would not be, but they'd be right in the hunt right now. I would say they would be like ninth. Ninth. Yeah, I, I would, but I they could it. still make it. They could still make it. Right, they'd be where we want them to be. Right now, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think they would be like I. They would be like hunting the Islanders right now, right? And the Leafs. Um, speaking of uh, polls at Lockdown Sabers, I put one up yesterday after we recorded. Th- that kind of it sparked in my mind when uh, actually this this conversation I referenced earlier, the show and the Bulldog were having about like what gives you hope, and they kind of got to well the Ristolainen trade doesn't do it anymore because how can you assume that's going to happen? Like he's just not getting the value that they thought. And it's it's just not happening. And really, if it does happen, there's nothing to really make you think that you're going to get a haul that's going to come back. That's going to make you think that that's going to move the needle for you next season. So I'm sitting there. I'm thinking, okay, what would that big trade be like? Because they need a second line center. And if they were to go get like a great second line center, like if they were to go get Ryan Nugent Hopkins. That to me would give me hope. That would give me hope. Like we're talking about O'Reilly maybe would have got them in the playoffs this year, at least in the hunt. That player, or at least a player close to that, could do it. How do you get him though? And the only thing I could land on was Henry Oki Haru. I know he's having an incredible season. I would say no to this. I, I like him a lot. I think he is the right shot defenseman on a top pair with Rasmus Dahlin for the next 10 years. I think he's that good. I think he's been their best, most con- I think he's been their most consistent defenseman all season. But the poll I put up was, would you trade Henry Okiharu for a second line center? Because you know the saying, like, you got to give something up to get something back. That would be giving something up. I think you'd get a player of a second line center caliber back for Yokiharu, no doubt. So would you trade Yokiharu for a second line center? I'm saying no, but it's I, an idea. Uh, 
Yeah, I also said no. I was intrigued by that poll because I think when I voted, it was uh, 50-50, exactly. Among yeah. like, I mean, it was early on, but it was still like like half and half. So, yeah, it, it just kind of right shows where the fan base is at. 57% say yes right now. That's interesting. I think people, you know, there's a lot of reactionary, right? Like, mm-hmm. like we're, we've been without the second line center for so long that people are like, we need to get it and we'll we'll get rid of something good to do it. But like, I'm with you. I think, I think Yogi Haru is way too valuable. Mm. Um, I mean, you, you finally, Bottero finally made a great move. Let's like not, uh, you know, negate it immediately. Let's I'm not just, uh, you know, cut ties with this guy that we, we may have stolen from Chicago. Like we're going to have a top pair. Our top pair of defense is probably set. Like you said, um, I think you can get the second line center. Maybe, it's crazy. I mean, we've been doing this all year. If only you yeah. could try, you know, Reinhardt at second line center. Yeah, I know. Hey, it's they finally insane. at least got yeah. him on the second line. He's not necessarily at center. <laughs> just move him over a little bit more. Right. Just you're, you moved him down one spot. Now you got to move him to the left one spot. Right. And then, um, uh, then we're good to go. So that you think that would be the only thing that could get you Nugent Hopkins. He's kind of having a little bit of a down year numbers wise, isn't he? He is. I, I Maybe you could, but. Maybe I wonder if there's a guy even out there better than Nugent Hopkins that I'm not thinking about for this. Like, what about I, Calgary's weird? I I don't think they'd blow things up, but it was weird that people were tweeting about Sean Monahan um, this, before this past trade deadline. Johnny Goudreau was getting more of like the hype on social media that they could do that, and like to me, that's yeah. even more. That's even crazier that they would trade Johnny Goudreau. But like, what if if a Sean Monahan became available? Like then, I think maybe I'm switching to yes. Monahan is like another level above Nugent Hopkins to me, though. Like that's a guy who scored like his goal totals in his career, starting at age 19 and going forward: 22, 31, 27, 27, 31, 34, 22. Like that guy's a goal scorer, and yeah. I don't have to worry about like a contract like I would with Nugent Hopkins. So there's a certain level of center. I think maybe I'd say yes to with Yoki Haru, but I think that would be like the bar. Like I need a Sean Monahan level player or I don't think I'm doing it. Yeah. I think that, that, that sounds right. Um, again, I don't know why Calgary would do that, but I guess like some people think they might blow things up, which I think is crazy. They're in the third spot in the Pacific. Um, yeah, but yeah they're going to play. Oh man. I just looked at the playoff uh, matchups. They play Edmonton. Round one. Yeah, give I, me so that. All we, I got him. We got to make sure that Vancouver stays in there. I am all for. I love when the Canadian teams are in the playoffs. You yeah, get the better announcers. You get the better. You just get a lot of better stuff. Mm-hmm. Getting like rowdy crowds, like especially in like the West. Like those teams like hate each other. So right. uh, the West. Yeah, so every Western. Every Western Canadian team is in a playoff spot right now. You've got uh, Edmonton in the second Pacific spot, Calgary in the third Pacific spot. Those two teams hate each other. They've had a rivalry all season. They've had fights all season, brawls. There was a goalie fight. They would play in round one. That's amazing. I love that. And then you've got Vancouver and Winnipeg right now sitting in the two wildcard spots. That's a close one, though, because Vancouver's got 74 points. Winnipeg's got 74 points. Arizona is on the outside. They have 74 points. Yeah. So... Um, that's a big difference I, between Arizona in, a, in terms of atmosphere, I think, in Vancouver and Winnipeg. Uh, just make sure that Nashville and Minnesota get out of here. I don't need what? to see. I don't need to see. I don't need to see Nashville anymore. Why? They abuse animals. I, 
They're what? <laughs> They're abusing catfish. I don't. I don't appreciate. Oh my gosh! It. <laughs> the, the, you, you want you want good atmospheres? What's a better I'm atmosphere than Smashville? I'm sick of Smashville. I don't they, like dude, their uniforms. Oh, there's dude, a lot I, totally I don't disagree, like man. I like everything about Nashville. I thought their crowd is sick. I like their jerseys. I like their team. Like they're built from they're built with defensemen and centermen. Like that's kind of how I want the Sabres to build themselves. The fish didn't already have it bad when he was killed. They had to pour beer in his mouth when he's dead. How would you like it if you were dead and they poured beer in your mouth? Well, I'm not a catfish. That's true. I mean, they would yeah, never do that. that, with that, that they wouldn't do that with a human being. I don't think. Uh, yeah, I mean, imagine the the vitriol <laughs> if they yeah. did that with a human being. Uh, I mean, yeah, I hope that they Minnesota. Minnesota's that, so boring. I Minnesota's boring. Minnesota. Yeah, I don't want any Arizona. I'd be Arizona on one hand. Their crowd is non-existent, but they've they they ever they kind of a, they are kind of a fun team. Like, kind of young, interesting. How uh, many yeah, Arizona Coyotes? Get me, get me Winnipeg or Vancouver instead, though. <laughs> Vancouver seems like starved for a good team. Yeah, they're almost more frustrating. Like we've we've been going round and round waiting for the Sabers to get good. Vancouver was nowhere a year ago, and they just turned it around just like that because they nailed a pick in Elias Pettersson, who yeah. uh, Sabers haven't been able to nail a pick in that range, like that seven eight range. All of this is so frustrating. Like Columbus yeah. is still good. Like this drives me crazy. Like that Columbus is still hanging on to a playoff spot. It's so yeah. frustrating that I, like these teams that these teams like either surpass us or just stay above us. There's there's no way there's, what the Sabers are doing is kind of unprecedented. Like yeah, non non playoff success. Yeah, it's just, of, yeah, it's a disaster. Speaking of, the, speaking of the Coyotes, by the way, I bet you couldn't name two of their top four uh, scores. Clayton Keller. He's number one, 43 points. You don't think I can name the other guys? I don't think so. They they uh, do, they have they have a weird group of top scorers this year. Oliver Ekman Larson. No, he's eighth. Twenty nine points. I thought and, that maybe maybe that was the catches. That was that, a good like guess. A defenseman, yeah, like a defenseman a is in the top four. Yep. They're a bunch of young guys, right? It's like, yeah, twenty three. They're all twenty three. The two, three, and four are all twenty three years old, which I think gives away two guys <laughs> that it's not. Well, I know it's not like Kessel. He's not terrible. He's yeah, he's fifth. Thirty six points in sixty eight games. They have a down year. Yeah. It's not Taylor uh, Hall. He hasn't been there long enough. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Nick Schmaltz is number two. He's actually tied with Keller for number one. He's they got from him. the Blackhawks. Yeah, they got him for Dylan Strom. Good trade for the good trade for the Yotes. Yep. Uh Connor Garland is third with thirty nine points. He's got twenty two goals. He leads the team. He's the only there are only twenty goal scorers so far. Connor Garland. Ever heard of him? No. <laughs> and uh, Christian Dvorak is fourth with 38 points. Never heard of weird, him. Weird. But they, they have good uniforms. So as long as they wear the old school in the playoffs. Yeah, it's got to be the Azteca. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, pick one other uh, playoff note. I, we mentioned the Penguins earlier in their playoff hunt. They are in a weird spot with goaltending where it could be Matt Murray. It could be Tristan Jerry. They, they have actually been very bad this year when Matt Murray has been in net. Like he has just not played that well at all. And Tristan Jerry's played great, but he's like a, he's been a backup for his career and he suddenly turned it on. I I would be, I would be hesitant to trust him in the playoffs, but I think they have to 
So uh, Pittsburgh, if you're looking out for what they're going to do in the playoffs, they are a big question mark in goal right now. And that could actually stop them from getting anything done, even if they were to play Philly uh, in the first round. Anyways, to our uh, random topic of the day, usually we go a more of a silly note, more of a serious note today. Um, Bill Daly of the NHL did an interview with ESPN's Emily Kaplan this week, uh, and he talked extensively about plans that the NHL has if the coronavirus continues to spread. And he's talking about things that I think we're seeing right now over in Italy. So Italy, their government announced yesterday that no fans are allowed at pro sporting events for the next month. So that's going to mean like you're going to have Champions League matches next week. I think Napoli hosts Barcelona and Atalanta hosts uh, Valencia. So you got two Champions League games next week that are like, this is always like creepy to me when things like this happen, but you're going to have a game with no fans in the stadium. Like that's super creepy to me. And here's Bill Daly talking about, Hey, like the NHL, like we have plans in place where if we have to, we hope it never gets to this point, but we'll play playoff games in empty arenas or we'll cancel them or we'll postpone them. And like, to me, maybe that's when it'll really hit home and it'll feel completely real is when you use sports as a vessel for that. And like you put sports in a, the proper context, like the masters are talking about, like they're, they're keeping an eye on the situation. Like once you have sporting events being canceled and you really realize like, Oh, like I actually don't really care who wins the Stanley cup right now because this big thing is happening in the world. Then I think that might put sports and even the NHL in the, in a proper, proper context. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, it's more like just the what the what the problem is it's a disease that it's it's basically the flu right it's very similar to the flu but so it's like 20 it, times strong like 20 not 20 times stronger but yeah, is, the mortality yeah. rate is 20 times but stronger. like what i'm saying is how it like passes to people it's right like that's flu. right yes um the symptoms are actually similar too so yeah yeah so like i totally understand you don't want to fill an arena with people like that's the that's why the sports are kind of like they're kind of like the first on the ball, right? I don't think they're gonna like close down supermarkets or anything, right? Like, or stuff like that. They're they're just planning. They're they're taking away something that's just entertainment that is probably like, you know, a powder keg of coronavirus if it gets to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, Italy, I guess, is they're probably Europe's probably getting hit way worse. Um. I don't know why. Maybe they're just dirty, dirtier. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand why. Or, or maybe it just gets to them faster because it's from Asia, right? From China. I don't know much yeah. about this, to be honest. Like, uh, well, yeah. Well, well, what I've been what I've been reading and and hearing <laughs> about it is that right. It's mostly over in uh, in Asia right now. Still, like the majority of cases, and that's why I think you've seen a lot more headlines about whether the Olympics are going to take place when they're supposed to take place, which I think is July 24th. But because there were reports two days ago that the Olympics could be postponed until later in the year, which are in Tokyo, by the way, if I didn't mention that in Japan. Um, But the IOC president came out yesterday and said that they had a meeting today and like the word postponement, the word cancellation wasn't even used. So it's not even on their minds. I'm kind of calling BS on that. I think there's no way you have an Olympic executive committee meeting after there are major publications reporting that you're you're considering postponement and the word doesn't even get brought up. Somebody in that room goes at some point, hey, is this real? Because I read this yesterday. Um so I don't believe that for a second. I think it's possible that they do postpone the Olympics. And I do like, if it does continue to spread and it gets to North America, like I, I think that the good thing these sports leagues are doing in the NHL 
is that they are taking precaution because you don't want it to show up and it become a serious issue. And all of a sudden you don't know what to do and you don't have a plan in place because you can't be having obviously fans in arenas when, if, if it's that right. big an issue, that's, that's what Italy's where doing. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, and um, Europe, Europe's very clean. I think Man, Europe is very clean. <laughs> I don't know anything the, about it. <laughs> wouldn't that be super creepy though? Like you have a Stanley cup playoff game and it's an empty arena. So you you probably missed this last week because Inter Milan played their Europa League in front of no fans. I think I read that. Yeah, their fans have their fans have uh, it's chilling. All you hear when they scored is just them celebrating. That's crazy. It's just, it's, it was it was fascinating, and so that's going to be every Italy game, every Italian league game for the next what what they say like a month or a couple weeks. Yeah, I think like. I think that probably will the next month. That probably will slow the spread. That's what they're trying to do. Is they're just trying to you know slow the spread. Like once you then you like quarantine whoever is sick with it, and you know it'll it'll stop passing from people to people. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think it's gonna be. I'm gonna watch. I have ESPN Plus. I'm gonna watch some of the Serie A games just to see you know (laughs) what it's like. Um, yeah. It would probably be interesting to hear the players like, you know, communicating. Yeah. But yeah. Soccer, soccer. One of the best things about it, though, is the crowd atmosphere. And they're right, gonna, when you don't have it's it. gonna not have one. It's going to be fascinating. I think if it's hard to make a prediction like this or make it, an opinion off of this. But I, I just wish that if they did have to get to a point where it's like, OK, we either are postponing games or we're playing in front of empty arenas. I would hope the NHL postpones them. Like, I know that you might be taking away some of these guys off seasons, but it's not it's not really the playoffs. Like, it's not it wouldn't right. feel it wouldn't feel like it matters at all if that happens. So why play it in the first place? Yeah, I I tend to believe that it's not going to be just because like no yeah we've we've had well, this so many times we've had that we've had i don't think it's been this bad like mm-hmm. this uh or this hyped at least is the way i'd like to put it um but we've we've dealt with these like weird strands of diseases that come in yeah we've had it like it's like every two years it seems like there's one this one has and, certainly been the highest rate in terms of its spreading though like and it's not even close it's i saw been fast a, yeah i saw a chart that compared it to some of these other strains like swine flu like bird flu like some of these like um i don't say viral diseases but like diseases that have really hit the right. mainstream the news stream um over the past couple of years and it compared it to like how fast it spread and coronavirus is just like 10 times higher than like even the next closest one. I actually read a story in the Atlantic and this number kind of scared me when I first read it. Um, I don't remember where it was sourced from, but it said that everyone in the world or the 40 to 70% of the world's population will be infected with coronavirus, like in the next like year or two. And like that number to me almost seems staggeringly high because then you're talking about with a 2% morality rate, we're talking about hundreds of millions of people dying. Um, or at least tens of millions of people dying. So I, I don't is know. Is it two percent? I thought it was like point six percent. But still, like that's the last that I saw the more the last I saw the mortality. Maybe it was it was point six. I think in adults, because um, okay. it's been more it's been more critical in uh, elderly and uh in right people, so, yeah yeah or kids. So yeah, all right. But yeah, I, hope, I you hope, you hope just, it never gets it, to that point. I still think like I think it's just you know I'm an I'm an optimist <laughs> in this regard. But I yeah. think that like I think you gotta be. 
I think we're going to kind of quell it. I think it will be, yeah. I think you'll start to slow a little bit. And then uh, I yeah. think everything, I think everything will be okay. I, yeah. I really do. I think, I mean, you, you know, you don't want to like take away from people, you know, that may have lost somebody or stuff right, like right. that. But I think I don't, I, I just really don't believe that it's going I, to become like a play. I could tell you one thing. I don't plan on going on a cruise ship anytime soon. No. Uh, yeah. And right. like you can, you can do, you can do the minimum things to, yes. you know, make you, you know, wash your hands. My, uh, my office actually sent around like safety precautions. It's like, okay. don't shake, don't shake people's hands when right. you're interviewing them. And like, you know, mm-hmm. but it's like give them a fist bump, and I'm like, I'm not gonna fist bump the coach. <laughs> Good job, <Right>. coach. <laughs> That's right. But yeah, like, um, yeah. but uh, yeah, there, there's safety procedures, yeah. and uh, yeah, that was interesting. You didn't want to. I thought you were gonna want to talk about that guy that said that uh, your brother shouldn't uh, be impressed by the grand. We don't need Canyon. to bring dude, this, Twitter <laughs> trolls. We don't need to go into Twitter trolls. It's, God, the, it's the most wild take of all time. And that you need to be discussed that you like get mad at somebody for thinking the grand Canyon is impressive. <laughs> like what kind of person does that? It makes oh me, it makes God. me laugh. It is, it is so ridiculous. Like Wait, how dare you like, man. how dare, how dare you be impressed and in awed by the grand Canyon? <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Um, that guy's a jerk. <laughs> no, that All guy's right. a legend. <laughs> Sabres versus Penguins tonight. We will talk to you after the game. See a return of Evan Rodriguez and Connor Sherry. Actually, quickly before we got here, do either or both get a tribute video? They probably do one of those like acknowledgement. Uh, they'll just put their pictures up or something, right? No tribute video. Know. No tribute I mean, video. What is? It? It's going to be like thirty seconds. <laughs> it's ten seconds, maybe five seconds for each. That'd be funny. Um, all right, so Sabres and Penguins tonight. Connor Sherry and Evan Rodriguez return to the arena. Dominic Cahoon plays against his former team for the first time. We will speak to you tomorrow after the game. This has been the Lockdown Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase and Jordan Hanskin, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network.